Hello and welcome to Buried Treasure. I'm Lou Smoley, and I've decided to release this podcast at what I think is an appropriate time, the summer of 2014, uh, and interrupt in doing so the four-part program that we've been featuring on Buried Treasure on the symphonies of Joachim Roth, uh, so that we could bring you now what is the second part of another four-part program uh, called The Other Four Seasons, in this case, devoted to music about summer. I've combed my collection uh, and found a substantial number of pieces on the subject, but not wanting to eliminate too many, uh, especially those that I think uh, you'd enjoy, uh, I've made an effort to keep the program within a moderate time frame and so have divided it into two segments, uh, but they will be posted at the same time. Uh, In a certain respect, summer is the crowning glory of the seasons. It's the time when nature is in full bloom after beginning to reemerge in spring from the long hibernation of winter. So it's not surprising that most composers, when writing music about summer, focus on its natural beauties and its calm, bright, and light-hearted characteristics. Many choose dance music to convey the joys of summer. Others take us through a journey, describing sights under the bright summer sun, or creating a musical narrative, a tale associated with the season. Others describe the relaxing, wistful atmosphere of a summer night. Let's start off with a work by a composer whose music, possibly more than most, is virtually identified with the beauties of nature, Friedrich Delius. Delius wrote several works about summer, possibly the most famous of which is his piece Summer Night on the River, But we'll get to music about Summer Night later in the program. Instead, let's listen to Delia's evocative tone poem, A Song of Summer. Here it's performed by the London Symphony, directed by John Barbaroli.
We've just opened our program on music of summer with Frederick Delius' A Song of Summer, performed by the London Symphony, directed by John Barbaroli. Swedish composer Ugo Alvben wrote what is probably the most familiar tune that relates to summer ever written, his Midsummer Varka, or Midsummer Vigil. He used this tune as the main theme for his first Swedish rhapsody, Opus 19. Alvben tells us that his inspiration for the work came during one of the summers that he spent in the Stockholm archipelago. He experienced many midsummer dances, not only as a spectator, but sometimes as a musician. Here is Alfman's program for the work Midsummer Vaca. A number of people have already gathered there uh, since there is going to be summer midsummer dancing, and the beer and akvavit are already flowing. A horse bass tries to sing the pointing dance, but he doesn't hit the right notes. People laugh. The squeaky voice of an old woman makes the same attempt, but also fails, which evokes hilarity among the others. Then the fiddlers take over and the dancing begins. But the tempters have already begun to flare and the quarrel increases in volume. The shrill voices of the old women mix with the roaring of the berserks. The excitement and fight rises to the boiling point and releases anger. With laughter and noise, the troublemakers are thrown out and the dancing continues. Now a young man wants to get away with his girl to the quietness of the forest. He whispers in her ear and she nods agreement. He skips out from the barn on the rapid 16th of the first tune and she follows close behind on the same theme, a so-called canon. The dance music gradually fades as they run away from the barn, and soon they hear only the soft murmurings of the trees. Spellbound, they listen to the melancholic melody, breathed forth by the spirit of the forest with the timber of a shepherd's reed. From far away, another of nature's voices replies with the tone of a lure. Then they hear a gust of wind approaching and the melody is sounded by the enormous organ of the forest playing with all stops pulled. But now it is growing light. The sun rises. Its rays make the drops of dew on the flowers sparkle. The buzzing of bees fills the air. Nature is awakening. The two young people return to reality. Now they want to get back to the barn to have at least one last dance before the fiddlers have to be carried to the hayloft. Soon they hear again the merry rasping of the fiddles, and as they arrive at the barn, the last dance is just beginning. The whirling Hoseharadspolska. The boy is dancing so that his heels hit his neck, and he twirls his girl as easily as if she were a reed. Shoes crack against the floor, skirts are flying, there is screaming and yelling when the girls are thrown up in the air. A tornado rages over the floor. The midsummer's vigil ends with this whirling climax. We're very fortunate to have a recording of this 
eternally popular work. It's a wonderful piece. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Uh, Midsummer Barca. Uh, it is performed by the Royal Orchestra of Sweden, directed by the composer.
just heard the Swedish Rhapsody Number no. 1, Midsummer Vaca, Opus 19, by the Swedish composer Ugo Altven, performed by the Royal Orchestra of Sweden with the composer conducting. Our next musical vision of summer comes from the composer Shuko Mizuno, one of the leading contemporary composers from Japan. His symphonic poem, Summer, was written in 1988. Like Alvin, Mizuno was inspired to write his work by summers he spent, in his case, in Shinshu, with its shining sun, mountain peaks surrounded by huge clouds, thunderstorms, breezes in the shade trees, flaming horizon of sunset, misty evenings, and the sound of music in the highlands. Let's listen then to Shuko Mizuno's composition Summer, a symphonic poem performed by the Tokyo Symphony, directed by Hideomi Kuriowa.
music by the Japanese composer Shuko Mizuno, his symphonic poem Summer, performed by the Tokyo Symphony, directed by Hideomi Kuriwa. Now we turn to an American composer, Samuel Barber. He wrote his woodwind quintet, which he called Summer Music, between 1955 and 56. The piece virtually wallows in a fascinating mixture of woodwind colors, which sets a leisurely mood. A joyous and carefree life seemed to emerge from the summer air. The Galliard Ensemble now performs Samuel Barber's summer music for Woodwind Quintet. Thank you. 
Music of Samuel Barber to celebrate summer, his summer music for Woodwind Quintet was performed by the Galliard Ensemble. Back to Scandinavia now for more summer music, this time based on Danish folk melodies in a piece called Summer Rhapsody by the 20th century Danish composer Knud Riesager. His dates are 1897 to 1974. Although Riesager was actually born in Estonia, his family moved to Denmark when the young lad was about two years old, and he lived the rest of his life there. What I enjoy about Riesager's music is its spontaneity, humor, and light-hearted effervescence. Only within the last few years has his music begun to reach a wider public through several Da Capo label recordings. From one of them, we're going to hear Rhee Sager's Summer Rhapsody, written in 1943. The work projects a strong atmosphere through the eyes of an essentially romantic composer. As one listens to the piece, a sense emerges that we're being taken through various folk scenes. So it's no wonder that Summer Rhapsody was used in a film, interestingly enough, of the same name. We almost lost the score of the piece during a fire in the Tivoli Concert Hall in 1944, but Riesager reconstructed the destroyed pages, and we're very grateful that he did. Let's listen then to Nudai Riesager's Summer Rhapsody, on Danish folk themes from 1943, performed by the Aarhus Symphony, directed by Bo Holton.
music of Knudaya Riesager. It was his summer rhapsody on Danish folk melodies, performed by the Aarhus Symphony, directed by Bo Holden. Our next work is by the Portuguese composer Rui Coelho, whose dates are 1892 to 1986. Coelho studied in Germany with Humperdinck and came in contact there with Max Bruch and Arnold Schoenberg, who influenced his music. He became one of a few strong advocates of modern music at a time when Portugal would have had none of it. It caused some scandal and even a court case. Coelho wrote at least 19 operas that we know of and also contributed to ballet with 10 scores. He wrote even more orchestral music. We're going to listen to an orchestral poem of his in several movements called Paseos de Estio, Summer Walks, first performed in 1934. It's a descriptive suite of the composer's impressions of typically Portuguese themes and places. He gives its eight sections the following titles, several of which relate to a Portuguese community called Condesha. The first is at nightfall in Condesha. The second, nocturnal dance in Condesha. The third, the Moorish Quarter. Four, old song. The fifth, dance from the south. The sixth, on the Tagus. Seven, children playing in the gardens. And the eighth and final, Lisbon on the eve of the Feast of St. John. We hear the Portuguese Radio Symphony, directed by Silva Pereira, in a work by Rui Coelho, his Summer Walks.
What a delightful way to spend a day uh, strolling through uh, Kondeja uh, and seeing all of these wonderful sights uh, described in a piece called Summer Walks by the Portuguese 20th century composer Rui Coelho. It was performed by the Portuguese Radio Symphony, directed by Silva Pereira. French late Romantic composer Vincent Dandy uh, was known primarily for a single piece, his Symphony on a French Mountain Air, uh, which itself has somewhat disappeared from concert halls these days. Uh, yet Dandy was not only an excellent composer, but a very influential uh, musician uh, as, as a teacher uh, in the Paris Conservatory. Between 1905 and 6, he wrote a symphonic triptych entitled Jure d'Etre à la Montagne, A Summer Day in the Mountains. The piece was intended to celebrate the beautiful Vivares. Uh, these are impressions of mountains, said the composer. Three moments of a summer day. Aurora, the dawn, a cloudless sunrise, Jure, the day, a daydream in a pine wood with songs drifting up from the road. Soir, evening, the return home with the last gleams of sunshine on the pine tops. And then night. The composer says, I am still in the throes of it all and have put into this project all my mountaineer's heart. Dandy's deep love of nature expresses itself here, not just in its picturesque tone painting, but in an almost religious sentiment. So colorful and vivid are the canvases depicted here, which alternate with moments of virtually mystical solemnity. The finale uses a Gregorian anthem borrowed from Assumption Day liturgy, which brings to mind other works by Dandy, such as his La Chante de la Cloche and La Légende de Saint-Christophe. The first movement presents an enchanting picture of sunrise with what the composer described as its shimmering glow. The second movement depicts a steaming hot afternoon spent dreaming under the pine trees while the sounds of popular folk songs and dances drift up to the lonely traveler lost in a dream. A brief storm interferes, uh, which calls to mind Beethoven and and even Berlioz, and disturbs the peaceful atmosphere, before memories of the feast return to close the movement in a gentle haze of bucolic beauty and meditative serenity. The finale, soir, evening, recalls the happy rhythms of the beginning, which make way for more concentrated reflection that takes on a rather solemn tone expressed by the liturgical anthem used here, sounding like a prayer. One might liken to the, th- the, the work in its three movements to the three stages of life. And so let's listen then to Vincent Dandy's Jour d'Etre à la Montagne, uh, A Summer Day in the Mountains. It's performed by the Philharmonic Orchestra of Loire, directed by Pierre Dervaux.
music of a very important French composer who certainly would be appropriate to, to write a piece about summer, as he has done and we've heard, Vincent Dandy, uh, his work entitled A Summer Day in the Mountains. It was performed by the Loire Philharmonic, directed by Pierre Derveaux. Next, we have another example of music from a summer day, this one appropriately called A Summer's Day in the Country by the Danish Romantic composer Niels Gade. Gade was the first major composer from Denmark and a follower of Mendelssohn. He wrote his work in 1879, uh, toward the end of his life. It's a suite of five movements that fits perfectly between Beethoven's Pastoral Symphony and the work uh, we just heard by Dan D. The movements in Gada's work are character pieces that take us through an imaginary country excursion. They are Early, an Allegro Vivo, Stormy, Solitude of the Woods, Humoresque, and finally Evening, A Merry Folk Life. We hear the Rhineland False States Philharmonic, directed by Ola Schmidt, uh, to perform A Summer's Day in the Country, Opus 55 by the Danish composer Niels Wilhelm Gade.
summer music from Niels Gade, the Danish composer of the 19th century. His A Summer's Day in the Country, Opus 55, was performed by the Rhineland Pfalz State Philharmonic, directed by Ole Schmidt. Next, we hear a work about summer from the pen of an American composer known as the Dean of Northwest Composers, George Frederick McKay, a name that may not be familiar to you. One of the composers who devoted himself to music that evokes the wonders of America, both in the many varieties of its natural beauty and its fascination with history, is uh, McKay's essential uh, contribution uh, to uh, 20th century music. Uh, I picked a piece by McKay that I thought would be very interesting, not only because of its summer perspective, but because of the, um, the direction from which this perspective comes. It's a suite written for orchestra called From My Tahoe Window, Summer Moods and Patterns. So it has a, 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 not a reference to Indians but per se, but uh, to Lake Tahoe, where uh, the composer McKay uh, had uh, spent much of his time after he retired from the University of Washington. So the work was written in 1965, only five years before his death. It contains seven short movements that reflect the composer's feelings about nature in general and his own response to the changes of the seasons. The movements are entitled Sunrise, A Morning Mood, Looking Upward, Storm Clouds, Caballeros, Sundown, and Summer's End. The work is for piano uh, in this performance uh, and uh, uh, is performed for us by William Balcom.
music of George Frederick McKay is From My Tahoe Window, Summer Moods and Patterns, performed for us by William Balcom at the piano. Again from America, and a near contemporary of McKay, was the great black composer William Grant Still. Still brings us music that reflects the black experience in America, of which he was certainly one of its greatest exponents. But Still was not merely a jazz musician who sought to express his talents in art music. He was a serious musician, a composer who wrote art music per se, but used, of course, several aspects of the music that he grew up with in America, such as jazz, blues, and Negro folk music, and gave them artistic expression. His ever-popular piece, Summerland, originally written for piano, has undergone numerous versions, both from other, for other instruments and for orchestra. The work represents the composer's view of the soul's journey from life to the afterlife, Summerland being the beauteous heaven to which good persons go after judgment. Uh, it was written as part of three visions for piano, And now let's listen to William Grant Still's famous Summerland, performed by Denver Olin.
The music of William Grant Still is Summerland from Three Visions, performed at the piano by Denver Oldham. Bohemian composer Josef Suk, probably the most important Czech composer after Dvorak and Smetna, wrote his monumental work A Summer Tale between 1907 and 1909. In it, Suk examines the relationships between day and night, man and nature. An expansive, powerful first movement entitled Voices of Life and Consolation is followed by a hazy dream world in the movement called Noon, a restrained chamber-like intermezzo called Blind Musicians, which took its inspiration from real-life street musicians in Suk's hometown. A fragmentary yet forceful scherzo follows, entitled In the Power of Phantoms, and gives way to the serene contemplation of night as the final realization of nature's healing power. We hear the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic, directed by Libor Pesek, in Josef Suk's symphonic poem, A Summer Tale, Opus 29.
We've just heard the extensive and, I think, brilliantly composed symphonic poem, A Summer Tale, Opus 29, by the Bohemian composer Josef Suk. It was performed by the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic, directed by Libor Pesek. Although it's not surprising that most music overtly related to summer was written in the Romantic vein, uh, here's a work entitled Summer by an avant-garde composer, Christian Wolff. Although born in Nice in 1934, Wolff came to America as a youth and studied at Harvard, where he soon became closely associated with John Cage and his experimental ideas and teamed with such other composers as Morton Feldman and Earl Brown. Uh, unlike his colleagues, I suspect, uh, he was occasionally prone to write pieces uh, which at least are given a title that would appear to conjure up an extra-musical subject, such as his Summer, written in 1961. Uh, it's in very free style, uh, as one might expect from the music of Christian Wolff. Uh, there are five sections. The first three treat the violin, the two violins as a pair, as well as the viola and cello. In sections four and five, the first violin is paired with the cello uh, and the second violin with the viola. Pitches are notated, sometimes in quarter tones, but Wolff uses a rather elaborate method of having the instruments respond to each other in a free manner that only sets out basic pitches and pitch relationships. Thus, literally, each performance can result in a different experience. But the delicate, restrained atmosphere that the composer associates with summer shines through and gives the work its characterful identity. The Concord String Quartet performs Christian Volk's Summer, from 1961.
Music of the avant-garde composer Christian Wolff, entitled Summer, written in 1961 and performed by the Concord String Quartet. British composer Rutland Boughton is undoubtedly best known for his opera The Immortal Hour. He also started the Glastonbury Festivals in 1914, by which he hoped to create a kind of English Bayreuth. Unfortunately, the festival only lasted until 1926. The score for Boughton's A Summer Night, Opus 5, a relatively early work written in 1899 and revived in 1903, is prefaced with a quote from Lorenzo's soliloquy from Act 5, Scene 1 of The Merchant of Venice. And the text reads, The moon shines bright in such a night as this, when the sweet wind did gently kiss the trees, and they did make no noise in such a night Troilus, methinks, mounted the Trojan walls and sighed his soul toward the Grecian tents where Cressida lay that night. Boughton adopts the sonata form for the work. The exposition begins with a melody in E major for cellos accompanied by trombones. A contrasting idea wavers between B minor and D major. Harp chords introduce a violin melody which shifts to flute and clarinet. An extensive development follows, building to an impassionate climax in G minor. Then a section marked dreamily leads to the recapitulation. Hemiola rhythms and trills carry the coda through faint echoes of the opening theme that wind down to perfect quietude. We hear the work entitled A Summer Night, Opus 5, written in 1899, revised in 1903, the work of English composer Rutland Boughton, and it's performed by the Royal Scottish National Orchestra, directed by Martin Yates.
We've heard the symphonic poem A Summer Night, Opus 5, by the British composer Rutland Boughton, performed by the Royal Scottish National Orchestra, directed by Martin Yates. No people more than the Chinese have expressed their impressions of nature in their art and music. In this next piece uh, by the Chinese composer Yang Shan Li, written for violin and piano, simply called Summer Night, the composer evokes a country scene on a summer evening. After a brief prelude for piano, the violin follows with a folk song. A faster middle section, surrounded by piano solos, brings back a slower version of the main theme, which brings the piece to a close. We hear it Takako Nishizaki, the violinist, with Chan Siofan at the piano uh, in Summer Night, a brief work by Chinese composer Yang Shan Li.
the music of the composer from China, Yang Shan Li, called Summer Night, was performed by Takako Nishizaki, the violinist, with Chan Fan, the pianist. Swedish composer Adolf Wicklund, whose dates are 1879 to 1950, took to music as a career rather early. He studied at the Stockholm Music Conservatory and later with Sweden's most famous contrapuntalist, Johan Lindegren. Uh, and also, I should mention, with Richard Anderson, I mentioned Richard Anderson because he was a student of Clara Schumann. Later, Wickland went to Paris, uh, which had great influence on him. Uh, he gathered in the impressionistic sounds, both of, of visual art and music, uh, as well as the culture uh, of this magnificent city. After some time thereafter in Berlin, uh, Wickland returned to his native Stockholm, where he spent the rest of his career as composer and opera conductor. Uh, in 1918, uh, during one summer, uh, staying at the Isle of Uto, Bickland wrote a piece called Summer Night and Sunrise. He tells us of one night that turned blue around me, he says, the magical Nordic summer night with its thousands of sounds and sights. I was full of song. So I sat and wrote the night away, and the sky started to turn red in the east. Then the sun came up, and so summer night and sunrise was born. Even the Danish symphonist Carl Nielsen, who was said to be against all lyrically impressionistic music, admitted that he liked Wicklund's work. It opens with an andante con moto misterioso, an impressionistic evocation of a nocturnal summer mood. A brief motive played first by the oboe is developed. As the tempo quickens, this motive becomes more energetic, increasingly generating a full-fledged theme expressed by the bassoon, all leading to a climax that depicts the sunrise, where the music becomes more directly romantic. And so let's listen to Adolf Wicklund's Summer Night and Sunrise, performed by the Gothenburg Symphony, directed by Jorma Panula.
music of Swedish composer Adolf Wicklund. Uh, his Summer Night and Sunrise was performed by the Gothenburg Symphony, directed by Jorma Panula. Since we're in the throes of a summer's night, uh, here's the first of two choral pieces written by Frederick Delius, uh, written, in fact, for the occasion, uh, and instructively called To Be Sung on a Summer Night on the Water. Although there's no text, the choral vocalese evokes the stillness and serenity of the title. Let's listen to it, performed by the BBC Singers, uh, under the direction of Stephen Cleoberry. We just heard the first of two pieces by Frederick Delius uh, for chorus, both in, of which are entitled To Be Sung on a Summer Night on the River. It was performed by the BBC Singers, directed by Stephen Cleoberry. I thought the next piece would be a perfect way to end our excursion through the summer season in music. It's a short piano piece called Come Again Summer by the Dean of Australian Composers Alfred Hill. It is performed by one of the most remarkable pianists to come from down under, Tamara Anna Chislovska.
And so we end our program on summer with a work entitled Come Again, Summer, a short piano piece by Alfred Hill, the Australian composer, performed by Tamara Anna Chislovska. And so, with a farewell to summer and a fond wish for its return, we end the second part of our four-part series called Other Four Seasons, Our next program will continue the second part of our other four-part program, which we interrupted for our summer venture, the symphonies of Joachim Roth. Until next time, I hope you enjoyed our summer music, and as always, I wish you great adventures in discovering the buried treasures of classical music.